Hello, and welcome to Fortune's Wheelhouse, a podcast about esoterics and the tarot. I'm Susie Chang, and my co-host is Mel Moline. We're going on a journey through the symbolic imagery of each of the 78 tarot cards. If you use a Rider-Waite-Smith deck, or a Thoth deck, or Mel's own Tabula Mundi deck, you've come to the right place. Join us as we talk about crowns and clouds, swords and serpents, and all the meanings behind the magic. If you're newish to esoteric tarot, you'll probably hear some terms you're unfamiliar with, like what is a Deccan, or what's a Sephira, or a color scale. Well, you can find out much more about all of that by checking out the articles on our website, www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse. If you sign up at even the $1 level, you gain access to the hundreds of articles we've written and our combined uh, 50 years of tarot knowledge, which we've shared there to help listeners navigate the world of esoteric tarot. And if you become a patron at the $3 level or higher, you'll get a chance to win our giveaways, like Sabrina and Megan, who won last week's drawing. This week, we're talking about the Three of Wands, and we're offering three lucky patrons our last three Fortune's Wheelhouse calendars. Uh, The calendar features Mel's original Tabula Mundi art and is annotated with important dates to remember, like when Fortune's Wheelhouse airs each week. After this week, there will be no more prize calendars. So now or never, folks. You can sign up for your chance to win on our website www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse. And for those of you who have been our listeners for a while, thank you. You are the reason we do this. If you're loving Fortune's Wheelhouse and the fantastically geeky world of tarot we bring you each week, would you do something for us in return? Leave us a rating or review on iTunes. It's especially easy if you have an iPad or iPhone. Just search for Fortune's Wheelhouse in the podcast app. And when you see us, tap on our groovy purple album art with the Wheel of Fortune on it. It'll take you right to a page where you'll see a reviews tab. And there you can drop us some stars or leave us a sentence or two, whatever you feel inspired to do. Thanks so much. And now, here is this week's episode of Fortune's Wheelhouse. Welcome to the Three of Wands episode of Fortune's Wheelhouse. We are midway through the Aries cards of the Minor Arcana. Well, interestingly enough, the hermetic titles of the Three of Wands are two. I guess it was Crowley who called it the Lord of Virtue. Yeah, he renamed many of them to something more pithy, I think. Yes. Because this one's the Lord of Established Strength. Mm -hmm. And I think he tried in general to condense things down to one word that summed it up. I think the the proof is in the pudding. You know, when when I use them, it's always the Crowley ones I default back to because it's confusing with the Golden Dawn ones. They're often like, you know, two, two word phrases and there's a bit of redundancy and overlap, and it gets a little confusing. So, uh, yeah, but, he did a really good job of of distilling, yeah, distilling yeah. theirs into a into a one word, um, summing it up. And the thing is that, like, you know, the thing about distilling something down is that 
sometimes it becomes a little more abstract, a little harder to grasp, but then you can go back to the Golden Dawn's term and say, you know, what what kind of virtue are we talking about? Right. And it's the virtue of established strength, which is really interesting because we've been talking about different kinds of strength. We've been talking about, especially with the two of wands, we were talking about a forceful strength that uh, that. Right. Aims to conquer. An initiating force. And now here we're in the, the middle decan, which is the um, more established decan, mm-hmm. uh, where, the, mm-hmm. where the fire force is stabilized and manif- is actually manifesting something. Mm-hmm. And it's in mm-hmm. a strong position. So we were in Mars and Aries, and now we're going to Sun and Aries. And it's sort of like, you know, a kingdom begins with war and conquest, but then it becomes established in a solar way where uh, where, you know, there's governance and there's rules and regulation so that uh becomes less about uh less about um destroying and creating and more about bringing into balance and the two the transition from the two to the three means it's less about force and more about form Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm exactly less about force and more about form and um less about the opposition between two parties and more about creating something solid yeah yeah, yeah, which is kind of we've kind of condensed all the Kabbalah and astrology into a few yeah, sentences yeah, there. Right. So you've got the three, which is more of a you could look at it as a tripod. It's more stable mm-hmm. than a duality, and it also forms the first um, shape that's like a portal. So mm-hmm. something can be born. Right. Something comes through. Something. Something begins, so um, something and, manifests, right? So you know, in the in the metaphor I like to use for the top of the tree, it's lights, camera, action. Now we can take action. Now we can do yeah. something. And then we had in the last card we talked about the theme of penetration, and then I look at mm-hmm. this one as a theme of quickening. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or you know, fertilization mm-hmm. and quickening, where the thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So we had the per- penetration of Mars, and now we have the sort of uh, natural growth yeah. of the sun. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, as we go through the minors, we'll see that the sun always follows Mars. So because it's this sequence of seven that always repeats in the same way. So when we get to, you know, when we get to the, say, the three of disks, that's going to be followed by the four of disks the, from the Mars, the work of the that Capricorn card to the establishment of power in mm-hmm. in the solar card that follows and we see that pattern repeating over and over. So this um particular aspect of the sun is really cool because it's in the sign of its exaltation. Yes, 19 degrees of Aries is the yep. sun's degree of exaltation and this decan covers 10 through 19 of Aries. Mm-hmm. And uh and so we see the sun expressing itself um with dignity with dignity well with exaltation <laughs> so well, yes but it's very dignified, <laughs> it's very that, dignified. That virtuous you know again we have virtue that that you know solar force well placed mm-hmm. where the sun is given everything it needs it's an honored guest in the house of aries yes mm-hmm dignity in the the virtuous right so when we sense. say <laughs> when we say dignity in the astrological term we're talking about rulership and the sun is only in its dignity in leo astrologically but it has a um in exaltation it has uh all of the virtues and honors conferred upon it by mars the ruler of the sign 
Yeah, I remember there was the astrologers were talking about um, Mars and Leo a while back, and the idea that Mars is like at his best because he's at that point because he's you know like like an Arthurian knight deferring to the solar governor, you know, and so it's just sort of interesting to think of uh, the Mars Sun relationship. Mm. This is the this is the this is the king that Mars defers to. But Mars is exalted in Capricorn, right? So you would think there's a relationship with. But Saturn. that's the point at which the sun starts to increase in light again, right? Some yeah. thoughts, some thoughts to work out later. Maybe we have in the Three of Wands because it's Sun and Aries, which is means the associated majors are the Sun and the Emperor. We have all these themes of leadership and kingship, right? Now that the king has won his kingdom, he sees fit to govern it. Right. That is, we see that partly, you know, if we look at the Rider-Waite-Smith card, we see that the the wands, as I sort of mentioned in the Two of Wands episode, the wands are planted, they're growing from the earth or rooted in the earth in a way that they weren't in the Two of Wands. They were sort of affixed there by mechanical means. You have a you have someone who is with his back to us, looking out over the sea, looking over his domain, and there's a quality about this card that's gentler than the Two of Wands. I think you know, whereas the Two of Wands, there's a aspect of control mm. and domination. Here, you know, the head's a little tilted to the side. There's a little bit of a breeze. It seems like there's not a, an element of challenge. Mm-hmm. Like will has been established and mm-hmm. there's no need to prove anything. You know, th- th- there's just ca- character development happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also observation. You know, there's sort of like a what am I going to need to do next quality right. about it. Yeah. Yeah. Where is this going? Mm-hmm. And there's, there's definitely a, a, a growth cycle you know, with the solar force, there's always some type of growth happening. And I kind of think of it in terms of, um, again, that spiral force, but it's unfolding another arm of the the spiral, like mm-hmm. the Fibonacci sequence. You know, you see it starts at zero and one, which is the ace, and then goes to one and two, which is the two, and then mm-hmm. it goes to three. Yes. You know, and yes. it's like that cycle of, of growth. It naturally of, unfolds. Of, of plants and of minerals and of all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the 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 period of time we're talking about in the northern hemisphere is March thirty first to April tenth, um, which is when we start to get some of our uh, at least where we live in New England, we start to finally see uh, a little warmth. a little warmth. <laughs> you know, it's not the time when we plant here because the ground is still not warm enough for planting, but it is the time we start starts, you know, the time that we do indoor starts and start uh, germinating under lights. Yeah, conception. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. More mm-hmm. more fertility. There's a lot of themes of fertility and conception in this mm-hmm. card, mm-hmm. which kind of is cool because so this is sun ruling this decan and it's Bina. Mm-hmm. So if I think of sun in Bina, mm-hmm. you know, the sun in Bina, both on a symbolic level, the mm-hmm. sun in Bina and the <laughs> solar sun being the light in the darkness, you know, the, um, mm-hmm. the growth in the womb. Right, you know, that right, kind of thing. So. Right, yes, that makes sense because it's Bina in Atsilut. And Bina as the third Sephira, we think of as the one that 
is as you say the womb the creator the it's it's uh it has that saturnine quality of enclosing and defining and bounding but also in a nurturing way so to protect yeah. Yeah. as well as to defend and to limit yeah this mm-hmm. and that goes back to the title of established strength mm-hmm. um it's the implanted it, ovum <laughs> yeah exactly and it's it's safe in its little mm-hmm. container and you know going back to wands being associated with will mm-hmm. here in in bina it's the will to form mm-hmm. so that you know finally mm-hmm. form taking place exactly exactly so we have um yeah the we've got the conditions right in the ace the nascent stage and then we've got the penetration or, or mm-hmm. you know pre-fertilization of the two and now we've got the actual conception and the fertility and the actual growth starting to um spiral out right Right. I use the keyword shaping for threes. The three shaping, of wands. Yeah, that's is a good one. I, I use unfolding sometimes oh, too. Yeah. 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 And and also if you think about virtue, the term virtue which Crowley used, mm. um, there is I think etymologically, if you go back, you know, it has to do with essential qualities. So uh, what you know, it's, it's. I think it comes from the same root as weir man. Mm, so yeah. you know, the idea that like virility, right? And, and, you know, right. Virtue in the sense of knighthood. You know, yeah. When you talk about you know a man's virtue, sometimes what you're talking about is his literally his manhood, his potency, his ability to perform as a to, man, to be a man, <laughs> right? right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or, or it can also mean um, the essence. You know, or you know, or when you talk about a woman's virtue, you're talking about something generative as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, something that has to do with your ability uh, to truly be a mature adult. Right. And so it has to a reproduce. dual meaning, yes. both you know, in the yeah. fertility sense, and but in the character development sense mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And like when you talk about you know, in in medieval uh, botany or in Renaissance correspondences, the virtue of something is it's, mo- it's, it's, it's like it's Essence. quintessence. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. the thing that's most like itself. Yep. <laughs> so, um, so that's what we're talking about here, the, the, uh, the establishment of that core nature. So if you look at the Deccan imagery and significations for this from the Picatrix and from Agrippa, it's curious because you know, they're not as obvious. Last in the two of wands, we had these this image of, you know, this furious warrior with an axe, which is pretty clear. Yeah. <laughs> Here we have uh, in Picatrix, we have a woman dressed in green clothes, lacking one leg. And um, and in Agrippa, we have a woman outwardly clothed with a red garment and under it a white spreading over her feet. Yeah, some of the other um, degree imagery mm-hmm. I've seen mm-hmm. has to... Uh, is usually a woman, sometimes dressed in green. Mm-hmm. So again, when yeah. I, it's interesting that the last card was very clearly masculine, mm-hmm. and that's Hokma, and now we're in Bina, and a lot of the imagery is female. Yeah, and I, uh, I saw, I was reading someone's blog. And today. the one leg being mm-hmm. that you mentioned one leg, mm-hmm. and then I've seen other uh, degree symbols where it says like one leg visible, as if you know she's yes. showing a bit of yes, leg yes, out, yes, of her, yes, out, out of her too. dress yeah. or something. And so one leg shown exposed, and, and it, one it hidden. makes me think of one pillar. 
Yes. You know, maybe the yes. pillar of severity, mm-hmm. you know. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Some well, there's, uh, I saw somebody, uh, somebody was blogging about a one-legged goddess, I forget who, um, yesterday. And the idea that when you have a sprout coming up from the ground, there's one leg hidden, the roots underneath the earth, and one leg shown. You know, the sprout above the earth is another way to look at it. The significations for these decans are supposed to be uh, high rank, nobility, wealth, rulership, the height of a kingdom, the greatness of dominion, which sounds a lot like what we saw in Two of Wands, only with Two of Wands, both of the significations we talked about had to do with shamelessness of, you know, with a certain like, you know, that martial tendency to just grab what you want. Force. Take right. it by force. Whereas this is true rulership. This is the idea that you are responsible. It's, it's rulership embodied, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Established. Right. Established. Yep. Established. So you don't get to just, well, in theory, you don't just to get to grab whatever you want. We say this as the tax bill's going through right now. <laughs> but true rulership is about looking out for the welfare of everybody you're responsible for. Something in the um, the Rider weight card, see those things that I guess are ships? Mm-hmm. And he's, I guess yeah. he's supposed to be looking out over the sea, but to me, color-wise, mm-hmm. it looks like he's looking out over ships in the desert. It does look like I that, doesn't it? And I don't mm-hmm. know if that's intentional or not, but that's... When I see it, I think of ships of the desert. And mm. Camels are called ships of the desert. Yes. desert yes, and this are. is yeah. a card of Bina. So oh, I don't know if there's yeah. any connection whatsoever there or if it's just my mind, you know, going down a wormhole. Hey, but. why not? Well, I think, you know, the yellowness of the card is clearly a solar, solar reference, reference, right? Yep. You know, and we see that both in Rider Waite and Smith. And you've got yellow in yep. your card as well. Um, why don't we talk a little bit about some of the signs of rulership in uh, in the non in the Thoth and the Tabula Mundi? Um, mm-hmm. We have the Lotus Wand. In yeah, Thoth. one so. cool thing that's um, the Lotus Wand. So, in the Golden Dawn, they used the Lotus Wand quite a lot as an actual tool. And we, mm-hmm. when you look at them, they did indeed have the the, lo- the Lotus head, mm-hmm. but often they're white at the top and black at the bottom and in between are all the colors of the 12 colors of the zodiac yeah yeah. so that in itself speaks to me about the 12 colors of the zodiac the sun's passage through the zodiac so we've got a solar a bit of a Mm -hmm. solar reference there Mm -hmm. and um i thought it was interesting that the consecration for a lotus wand, there's an invocation to Aries, and it's, is and, really? and it's called, mm-hmm. The heaven is above and the earth below. Between light and darkness, the colors vibrate. Oh, and that okay, yeah. really speaks mm-hmm. to me about the, the, you know, the, the 12 colors, the solar journey, um, the mm-hmm. light and the darkness, the sun and Bina, you mm-hmm. know, the, mm-hmm. the solar force in the womb. So I just thought that was fascinating yeah. that the invocation to Aries was used for this one and that those are the words. Yes. You know, I thought that yes. was just great. That's, it's that's the weapon of uh, Tiferet, too, the, the lotus wand. And so there's another solar Mm-hmm. solar reference mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting that you, you know you mentioned that invocation to Aries I'm now thinking about the Orphic hymn to Aries which you know I've been on this sort of Orphic hymn kick for a while now and the Orphic hymn to Aries is really interesting because it has 
uh, nine lines. The first five lines are all to do with the, de- the destructive force of Aries and, you know, what the a Marshall, badass he right, is. Yeah. yeah. And the, the remaining four lines are all about, please, you are in charge of warfare and strife, so please hold back and grant peace and, you know. and a, Use your virtue. Use your virtue, yeah. exactly. So there's that turn from. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So it goes from. Um, uh, so so that means the fifth line uh, means, you know, who loves swords and spears um, and frightful things, you know, frightful fright and ter- terrible terror. You know? yeah. <laughs> um, and then it goes on to say, which means... Uh, Break, stop, stop the warfare and the strife. Um, cease the pain of my heart. It's interesting to realize that although we think of him as a war god, he also has the ability to create the conditions for peace to flourish. And the final line of that hymn says, um, that turns children towards peace. You work with what you took and then you create um, the conditions for peace afterwards. Mm. So, you know, and this is interesting because, you know, I remember I kind of just for fun lined up all of the Mars minor cards with each line. And the final one was the Ten of Cups. You know, this idea that the rainbow of peace comes in Mars and yeah. Pisces. And anyway, and it's yeah. also kind of, in a way, you can see it in the three decans of Aries. Yes. You know, yes, how you, you end can. up on the Venusian one at exactly. the end, you know? Exactly. Peace so at the, the end. Completion. Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah. 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 And even though Venus is in her detriment in Aries, there's this moment of truce or, you know, this moment where the two are in accord. Yeah. You know, a moment of balance. So, yeah. Looking forward to it. So, it starts with yeah. the, you know, really martial dominion and it goes through right. established strength and ends up in a, this state of completion and balance. Right. Right. It's a nice story. You it know, is, it's yeah. nicer than the Gemini story, for yeah. example. <laughs> so, you know, this is. Yeah. You know, and I think the story of Mars and Aries is generally, you know, a story of leadership and positivity, ultimately, in a way that the story of Mars and Scorpio, you know, is a, is a story of transformation that kind of ends on a downer note. <laughs> yeah, but we'll get to that. <laughs> Here we've got the sun in Aries, so, mm-hmm. you know very strong place for you know mm-hmm. for the sun to be and, and a strong decan for the card being central yeah yeah well we can mention oh, colors yeah we can mention colors? the colors yeah. so again aries all the reds um mm-hmm. scarlet red and red red and um mm-hmm. what's called venetian red i believe it's mm-hmm. just kind of like a bricky color and um flame red or something like yeah, that i mean yeah you can get them out go. to be sure yeah, but let's, something let's like check. that um so this is oh well, this is not the majors this is just the yeah, minors just, so so for oh it's it's yeah it's scarlet crimson crimson scarlet yeah 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 yeah, yeah. red so, for the color of the uh, Sephiroth red. but mm-hmm. the the two colors mm-hmm. of the the sun mm-hmm. the sun is all the ambers and yellows and reds mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and then Aries is all the reds reds and reds basically red 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 red, red. <laughs> yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. And and we really see that in all the cards. We do. Um, yeah, we see a lot of yellow yeah. in the Rider Waite card, both in the sky and the, the yeah. sea, I guess, where the, the desert or the water is mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. solar, and then the red robe. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The Crowley card is all about the, you know, orange and, and 
red and amber and mm-hmm. and we have these 10 rays behind that I, yep. you know that's i don't know what we're well, that's a tree of life six of them are white mm-hmm. and i think that's a, a tiferet mm. in uh, okay. reference that just that six of them the cent- central six yeah. it's bringing in the yeah. six but then there's if you look at the previous card mm-hmm. We had the it six echo, rays. See, it's echoed there, the yeah. two, and then you get the six again here. So yeah. it, it's, I don't know. So maybe it's, a you know, the six in the ten. Yeah. You know, right. the, the, the tiferet in the right. tree. The sun yeah. in the tree. Yeah. 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 Something like that. How about, maybe you can talk a little bit about the symbols that you put on your own three of wands. Well, um, there are obviously Aries references with mm-hmm. the the ram horns, yeah. and then there's the spiral force that's both shown in the actual spiral in the mm-hmm. card, as well as the mm-hmm. the pine cones, uh, bringing that solar growth Fibonacci sequence uh, unfolding. So the idea that the pine cone grows in a Fibonacci sequence, sequence and yeah. also you have a connection. I remember you talk about the pineal gland, the pineal gland in the sun in the brain, which is the the photo receptor you know that's that reacts to the sun's light and Mm -hmm. governs our bodily functions (laughs) if you know if you don't get your light at the right time and the wrong time your your rhythms get all messed up and so um yeah and the pineal gland is also said to be the seat of the soul and Mm -hmm. and, then the the trigger for enlightenment uh experiences Mm -hmm. um you know the the force rising up the up the spine and eventually it comes up to this Mm -hmm. central point um mm-hmm. now is there a historical precedent for a pine cone wand in the way that we have a historical precedent for the lotus wand what do you mean by historical? well i mean it's like is that a thing some in some tradition yeah there's definitely a, a pine there's cone. definitely a, a pine cone wand you see you see it in the thought queen the, the yeah the yes. queen of wands again this is her yes. card you see you right. see her with a uh, her final card there's a name yeah. for it too i can't think of it it begins with a th Thyrsus? Yeah. Is it the Thyrsus? Thyrsus one? Yeah. Is that how you yeah, say it? Yeah, that's a Bacchic thing. Yeah. yeah yes, uh-huh. it, and yeah. it is. Yeah, yes, yeah. indeed. That's right. It. And he's associated with the pines. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there's mm-hmm. that. And then, you know, there's the... Uh, the caduceus, which mm-hmm. usually you associate with Mercury, but again, we're we're talking about that generative force that uh, travels in a spiral. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There's even little tiny, and also uh, there's a sort of like twin snakes of the sun kind of thing. Yes, going exactly. On with that yep, sun the, and Aries. Yep. Yeah. The solar force. There's actually a lemniscate around the central wand, which again that. is a solar yeah. uh, about the sun's journey. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a lot. There's just a lot of solar uh, solar and symbolism. The, is in, that a lotus uh, at beneath the spiral? Is that yep. a reference to the lotus? Yes, the, it's yeah, mm-hmm. it's a reference mm-hmm. to the lotus wand. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you know when when people draw the three of wands from Tabula Mundi, you want them to be thinking about themes of uh, solar. themes of growth, themes of enlightenment. Th- Themes of progression, mm-hmm. um, you know, mm-hmm. like a sequence, uh, mm-hmm. quickening and birth and fertility and the spring force, you know, the the mm-hmm. the uh, yeah time of year when things start to gestate, mm-hmm. gestation, mm-hmm. I guess you would call it. Yeah, yeah. You also have um, kind of a shadow of a unicursal hexagram going on in the back. There yep. is that a solar thing as well? Well, it is for me. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, symbolically. Yeah, for sure. So you have the interpenetrating uh, triangles. Yeah, that's actually a theme throughout the first th- 
all the Aries cards are those mm-hmm. uh, you'll see if you if you put the two, three, and four of wands next to each other, you'll see that they all actually line up because they all oh, have yes. those they all have those dual crosses. Yeah. And one yeah. can all the cards of Aries, that's what the um the yeah. decan cards yeah, that you can optionally yeah. get with the deck yeah. show how every card of each sign actually overlays and lines up and aligns with the others. Mm-hmm. And the the, mm-hmm. the alignment in these particular Aries cards is all based on that saltier cross force. Right. Excellent. Yeah, so we talked about how this is, you know, it's, this is such an interesting card because it's um, it's a solar paternal card, but it's also a maternal bina number three type card and we have them in balance together and two times three of course is six which gives us the solar sun reference sun and sun that we see repeated throughout the cards um, yeah and the whole sun and sun and bina the the light in the darkness the growth in the womb mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. the sun as tiferet mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. both as a child and as a solar force so yeah it's kind of yeah. all there it's all there. And also, um, we talked about how um, one occultist uh, in the Greek Orthodox Church um, associated the Two of Wands with Idonius, the consort of Persephone, in the last episode. And this one he associated with Persephone herself. So oh, there's, again, yeah. that interesting sun sort in of the darkness, sun the, in the darkness. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. yeah, there's something about both light and darkness, the way she descended and, mm-hmm. and rose back up again. Yeah, and that sort of gestation, um, yep. maternal qualities. Yeah, And the pomegranate definitely has that Fibonacci thing going on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. another um, mystic associated Anubis with this, which again sort of brings up the underworld mm. qualities. Although, you know, to me that's just kind of harder to see in the card. Definitely, you know, not, with all the light. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, it's so solar. It's so... I mean, I'd almost say that of all of the um, solar cards in the minors, this is perhaps the most solar. Yeah, because the sun is, you know, in its exaltation, so... Yeah, it's in its exaltation, and we don't have a sun card in Leo, you know, so we're going to have sun cards in Gemini, in... Not Cancer. uh, In Virgo, in Scorpio, in Capricorn. That's five, so that's five. So that's it, that's it, yeah. So, and this is the one where we see it sort of like, you know, shining forth in all all its glory. (laughs) Okay, um, when I've seen it in readings, so when I went back through my um, journal to see how Three of Wands was showing up in my life, you know, I really was curious to see if there would be a theme because this is not a card that I intuitively associated with anything particularly i mean it's you know it's virtue (laughs) i think a lot of people have trouble with the three of wands as being just kind of like oh it's another it's just like the two but it has three you know that's exactly (laughs) exactly i mean in a way the two is easier because it's clearly the beginning of something whereas the three is like it's the beginning but a little bit further along (laughs) it's like what is that right so so here's what's so interesting i found there was a definite um, theme for me in the way the Three of Wands was manifesting in terms of being helped by others. So like the sun's exaltation, you know, being a guest 
being a host, uh, being Oh, that's given. really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like almost every time I was writing about something that happened where somebody helped me get something done. Like I got it a lot when I was in Singapore where I was, people were like helping me and giving me things and, you know, showing me around and, and, um, do their virtue, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, exactly, yeah, or do yours karmically. Or do or, you know? mine, <laughs> I mean, like, and when I came back, I got the three of wands. On the day I came back, I, you know, that was the day of the Port Authority bombing, and I couldn't get home on the uh, on the bus I meant to. So in the meantime, Randy, my husband back at home, was like helping me finding buses I could take, trains I could take, different things I could do to get home. So, so there's always like, for me, there's always this. This relationship where there's, uh, because of the re- established relationships you already have, you have aid, you have help, you have uh, the recognition of others to help you get things done. And and it made me think of sort of the sacred guest-host relationship, mm. you know, in Greek culture where uh, you're always, it's incumbent upon you as a host to uh, take care of the stranger in your midst. You know, no matter who they are, if you don't know them, you may not have a connection, but at some point that's going to be paid forward. So, mm. you know, so, and with this card, you know, this, I always think that the Three of Wands has that quality of anticipation about it. You know, there's like, there's several cards that I think are cards of waiting in one way or another, like the Hangman or the Eight of Swords. But the Three of Wands in particular, it's like you've made an investment and you're waiting to reap the return yeah. on it, right? Yep. And, you know, there's a mutuality and a recognition about it that uh, honors re- relationships that have been already established. So I was really interested and surprised to find yeah, that. Yeah, I really I like that, um, the gr- the good host. Yeah. Uh, that that really resonates. It kind of makes sense, you know, with, especially with the, the sun With the being... sun and his exaltation. Yeah. And it's interesting yep. because there's like an incumbency as well uh, on the guest to be a good guest, right? You yeah. Know? I mean, that's one of the things I was noticing from my visit is that, you know, it wasn't just me accepting hospitality, but also trying to, to be gracious, be a good guest yeah. and to, it's, you know, there's a lot yeah. in this card about character development, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. on both ends, I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there's definitely about the the recognition of that other people's welfare is your welfare as well. Yeah, yeah, yep. Uh, so so that's something that I was really glad that we had the opportunity to look into this card because I learned a lot more about how it shows up in my life and how I might look for it to show up in reading for others as well. Because it's a, you know, and also the, just the three of wands in Rider Waite Smith, there's like a trust in the way that he's looking away. He's like comfortable leaving his back to you because, you know, it's okay. <laughs> you know, whereas the two of wands is almost a defensive posture, mm. sort of ready for anything. The three of wands is a more open. He's definitely looking at what's ahead, too, you know, like anticipating what's next. Exactly. So there's there's definitely kind of grace in this card, inherent in its virtue. (laughs) So we've talked about a lot of different themes in here. We've talked about um, the, the kingdom at its established, the kingdom established. So uh, rulership and responsibility, um, we've talked about. Well-wielded, uh, you know, benevolently. <laughs> right, welfare for all, um, solar rulership, the idea of 
the ruler not as dominator and warrior, but as governor and regulator. Um, the fertility and the, the fertility quickening, and the quickening. Of, uh, what has you know before was merely penetration mm-hmm. has now you know kind mm-hmm. of taken hold. The striving towards the light with the yep. um, photosynthesis and the pineal gland. Yeah, mm-hmm. in the first form. Yeah, and the first form. So from exactly. first force to first form. Right, right. And uh, the give and take that that implies, the mutuality that that implies. And the masculine and feminine. Exactly. Working exactly. together. Right. Good. Okay, so we will be back next time with the very lovely Four of Wands, which is one of my absolute favorites to talk about, uh, which I've used as an example in your Tabula Mundi deck for so many different things because it's it's such an interesting balance of masculine, feminine, Venus and Mars in a different way from what we've been talking about in this episode. Okay, so um, come back next week. Send us your thoughts. Check out the website and uh, and see you next time. And that's our show for today. You can find us at www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse, where you'll also find new episode announcements and loads of extra articles and visuals, which will help you follow along with the show. If you're enjoying Fortune's Wheelhouse, won't you leave us a review on iTunes? It's more helpful to us than you can imagine. Even a sentence or two multiplies our reach so that other tarot enthusiasts out there, like you, can find and enjoy the show. And if you'd like to have a chance at these amazing giveaways that we keep mentioning, why not become a patron at the $3 level or above? You'll be entered to win in our prize drawings, you'll gain access to the 78 Playlist Tarot Music Project on Spotify, and you'll unlock a treasury of patron-only esoteric content on our website. What's that website again? It's www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse. We can't wait to welcome you to the wheelhouse community because you are a hero of the astral plane and we so appreciate your support. 